0: Let's talk about digital identity, the podcast connecting identity and business. I am your host, Óscar Santolayo. Thanks for joining again to a new episode of Let's Talk About Digital Identity and happy to discuss a very interesting, very innovative way of protecting our digital identity. And if you haven't heard before, we'll talk about neurographic and for that, we have a special guest. So let me introduce you, Sheherazad Davidson. She's the CEO of Tricerion Limited, a company that owns novel patented mutual authentication software. Before Tricerion, she worked in finance and fund management, where she had a special interest in investing in innovative technology businesses. This experience has given her the understanding of what is needed to commercialize technology. Timing is all. Hello, Shaheer
1: Hello, Oscar. Great to meet you.
0: Nice meeting you. It's great talking with you. I'm really uh, curious about hearing what Tricerion is doing. So it sounds very, very interesting. But first, let's hear something more about yourself. So please walk us through your journey to the world of digital identity.
1: Yeah, sure. Happy to give a little bit of background. So originally, I was an investor in Tricerion. I came across it when the original founders came to present the idea to me. And it's one of those things in my investment career. I've seen a lot of amazing ideas and solutions in a whole range of industries. But when I heard the story of what the guys were trying to do, I just thought it was amazing. And when I left finance that's a long, long, convoluted story. But in the end, I ended up joining the business and have become the CEO because I think our solution for authentication is simple, easy and visual. And it's one of those stories where I have to admit, I fell in love with the solution mm-hmm. and I really want to spread the idea far and wide.
0: Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Yes, I'm sure you have. Uh, we have talking in not in all, but I think in nearly all of the episodes and these conversations. We've been talking about one way or another with about passwords and people have different opinions. But from your perspective, that being already in this company, Tricerium has been already for several years and you have a very different perspective, a way of solving this problem. What would you say is the main problem with traditional passwords?
1: Well, I think one of the main issues is that everywhere that you log in with an alphanumeric password, you as the individual are given great leeway to create this string of letters and numbers. And I just thought I'd give you a few facts which would answer the question about you know what's the main problem with alphanumeric. Did you know that 73% of people use the same password for multiple portals? And 33% of people use the same password for every site. Mm -hmm. And I think once a year, those of us in digital identity sort of roll our eyes when we see the list of the best known passwords or used passwords. And they're the same. Sometimes the top used password is 123456, sometimes it's 12345, and sometimes it's Pushing the boat out at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Now, I think one of the key things is that alphanumeric passwords, strings of letters and numbers, it's not a natural way for memorizing things. Not all of us have been trained to have mnemonics where we can easily remember a 16 digit complex alphanumeric. And then a number of portals ask you to change your password regularly. Mm-hmm. And then we all we end up doing is changing the last digit from maybe six to seven. So in terms of protection against hackers, it's a pretty low methodology for security. So... You know, one of the main things is a combination of corporates don't want to put a huge barrier of entry into you entering their portal, but we all acknowledge that we need security and we haven't really moved on from the alphanumeric password. And I wonder, Oscar, if I could ask you a question, how many portals do you think you log into just in general? I mean, I probably have over 50.
0: Yes, probably more. Of course, some of them more often than others, but. Yeah, uh, definitely. I let's say in one year, I, ups, I access more than fifty. Definitely.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, and as you about the statistics you just shared with us, it's hard to believe that statistics are still so high in this use of a weak password or password that many people are using the same. So it, it's really hard to believe that still the statistics are so high. Yeah. One of the things that I noticed in when I went to the website or try Syrian, you. One of the main problems you are showing is one called spoof phishing. So could you uh, dive us into what is spoof phishing in particular?
1: Sure. That's where some, you know, hackers try and steal information from you because they pretend to be from a trusted source. So one of the key things is email scam phishing. And during the pandemic, we've been looking at some statistics. And for us based in the UK, the UK has become almost the center, the most spoof-fished country in Europe. And that's where you will obviously realize in the pandemic, lots of people have going been going online to perhaps do online shopping that they've never done before to try different services. And one of the key things is that hackers are very adept at sending out emails once they have your email address from somewhere and saying, hey, you know, they either entice you with a free offer or they say we're from your bank or from a trusted service that You know you've signed up to and then you click through and they may install malware on your laptop or pc and that's not where we sit where we sit is if you've clicked through to what you think is a genuine website and a lot of hackers are now using ssl certificates https have been trained to say you know that's a valid site if you see that in the url and then they can ask you to insert your credentials mm-hmm. and effectively steal your password. But with our solution, it's going to be pretty difficult for them to steal your password. And a little bit later on, I'm sure you'll ask me how it kind of works and, and we can explain how it's very difficult for someone to be spoof fished if they've got a password like we have.
0: Yeah, so the spoof phishing, particularly addresses, the kind, the types where it's phishing, you receive, for instance, an email, and the email prompts you to, to reveal the credentials, to, to type them the, somewhere. Some.
1: Sure, because they'll push you towards what looks like a genuine mm-hmm. website, but is not.
0: Yeah, exactly. These attacks getting more and more sophisticated, as you say, using uh, real HTTPS certificates, etc., well, yes. Okay, so let's go now to the solution that tricerone is bringing, the, uh, this concept that I haven't heard before. Mm-hmm. is this neurographic password. So could you tell us what is this?
1: Yeah, sure. So it's, when I am going to describe the solution, you can see how simple it is. So it is grounded in science. And uh, Oscar, did you know that 50% of your brain is involved in visual processing? And you will remember 80% of what you see. And the way that the brain works is it takes 150 milliseconds for a symbol to be processed by the brain and 100 milliseconds to attach a meaning to it. So the genesis of our solution was really derived from one of the original founders because he has dyslexia. And he could never log in, or he found it incredibly difficult Mm. to type in an alphanumeric password. So he wanted to come up with a different solution. And in the end, he came up with what we like to call neurographic passwords. But they're essentially picture passwords logging in with an image string. And, you know, I can sort of go on to describe a little bit more about that. Should I kind of do that now? Yes, please. Yeah. So what happens is when you want to log in, you are delivered a grid of images. Mm -hmm. Say it's a four by five on the Mm -hmm. screen. And every time you want to log in, you're delivered the same image set, but the images are scrambled. So they each appear in a different place. So first time, you know, one time you log in, you have an Apple in the top left-hand corner, next time you log in that Apple has shifted to a different position on the grid. So every time the keypad is delivered to you, the images shuffle around. However, your password is six images, say on that grid, mm-hmm. always in the same order. So mm-hmm. then you look on the grid and you click the image that make up your password. So for example, my password could be kitten, apple, surfer, dog, beach, flowers mm-hmm. every single time. So that is my password. And what happens is individuals, you know, we've written some papers on this, they will remember images better than alphanumeric. Some people make up a story to remember their picture password. And the novel thing about our solution is that it's simple, easy, and visual for the user, but we come with cyber credentials for the back end, for the corporate entity deploying our solution. And we've got patents about what we're delivering to our server behind the corporate firewall to make it very robust. So, if I go back to one of my earlier comments, it's pretty difficult for a hacker to replicate the keypad real time because how do they know what kind of picture of a kitten you have? How do they know what sort of photograph of a dog? So if you then had to describe your password to somebody, it'll be pretty obvious that when you're not delivered a picture password keypad that the site that that you think is real is not real. And that's one of the great beauties of our solution in terms of trying to stop spoof phishing. As we've said, you sort of need industrial grade cybersecurity from the bad guy side for them to try and replicate your keypad in real time. You know, it's just not worth it. But know that the reality is we're not sending back a photograph. We're sending back, as you imagine, a sort of clicked coordinates, which even if those were intercepted, are meaningless. So that's where we've really helped stopping this sort of spoof phishing aspect of authentication.
0: If the user defines a series of these uh, pictures, it's, it's very difficult to, even if the attacker tries to convince you, give me that information, it's very difficult to, it's much more difficult to that you give that information because it's it's mostly on your mind. It's, you see the pictures, it's on your mind, but it's difficult to describe and very, very interesting. One question is how a user creates one of these passports, uh, let's say when the user is, let's say, enrolled.
1: Yes. Yes, and a lot depends on the corporate entity using the solution. And it could be that the corporate entity wants to sort of use a branding that resonates with their brand. People overuse different image sets. Some corporates allow the individual to create the original keypad. So there you might have two images of two beaches, but you know your password might only pick one of them or none of them. So there's a very much in terms of the way that our solution can be deployed from the corporate perspective, very flexible. Or you could deliver a choice of different keypads that the corporate entity has created. But if you look at the arithmetic, the more images on the keypad and the longer the string, the more secure. But we think six is a perfectly reasonable Mm -hmm. number for people to remember. And as I said, you might not remember your password if you're not looking at the keypad. But as soon as you look at the keypad... Mm you will remember your password. And that's mm-hmm. also another one of the features we've noticed is that if, if I had to sort of describe it in abstract, I probably would find it tough, which mm-hmm. is another the reason why it's great. But if yes. I look at the keypad, my memory has come flooding back. There it is. Yes. So also, it could be that, you know, you and I have seen each other on Skype or Microsoft Teams, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, we remember each other's faces. And then, we might never see each other, but we might meet up at a conference in a year's time, yeah. and we'll go. I oh, hang on; I should not quite remember your name, but I certainly remember your face. Mm-hmm. That's what the solution kind of really delves deep into the way that people remember images better than alphanumeric.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. And this kind of solution is can be in web, in websites, and also on mobile. I guess.
1: Yes, yes. I mean, we work with our customers to integrate it onto portals and it's easy to integrate it within apps. We have a certain product that allows you to unlock an Android device with lots of branded image sets. So you can see and there are sort of a strap line is your brand in their hand. So for corporates who might want to have their brand top of mind with fans, that's, you know, a different way to go. But it's very flexible in terms of where it can be deployed.
0: Good. If you can now describe some concrete examples, let's say if you can pick a couple of different industries, how your solution has already helped some companies more concrete
1: sure so we were used for a long time in the u.s credit union and their particular issue is you know they were based in alaska and every year the residents of alaska receive an oil dividend and so fishing was really rife Mm. leading up to the payment of those funds to the people who lived in the state and when our solution was deployed there was you know spoof footing Disappeared overnight. It was a very, at that time, a very novel way of logging in. You know, retail banking was in its infancy and it was easy to use. I think what was fascinating was password resets fell off and also, you know, call centers where people would ring up and say, Look, I'm having trouble logging in. I can't remember my password. You know, that fell off dramatically as well. So I think. Our time is now really for sort of pushing forward on this. We're very interested in working with educational providers because you could see how even at a younger age group, logging in this way could be very simple where maybe a younger child is not au okay at trying to log in. But if a parent knew that they could log in securely and safely with a picture passwords, that would be a massive leap forward. And in addition, you know, we're very keen to be integrated into areas that are going to grow dramatically in a post-pandemic world. And we think certainly online retailing, there's definitely an opportunity for us. And I think one of the key things, the reality is we, none of us like passwords, right? We want, we want something simple, but I think individuals understand they also need something secure. And of course, password managers are useful, but you know, we know that those have been hacked as well. And one of the key things that we want to sort of make logging in a fun experience, right? I mean, I don't think anyone's ever had that out there as a strategy, but you can see where if you went to a website, and the images were images of the products that were sold. It's a great way of branding your company and, and getting it, the sort of the image sets memorable in people's minds. It's sort of brand reinforcement mm-hmm. and subliminal advertising in a way. So we see a lot of opportunity for the growth in our business.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so you mentioned financial, of course, educational from the perspective. Young children, There will be... So that's what that's very very interesting yeah so so you have made some comparison how easy it is for a young child to create and remember a traditional password uh, versus creating and remembering a
1: Yes, so we were working with a tablet manufacturer that's very focused on children, Mm -hmm. specifically it's like a walled garden and the parent didn't want, although they liked the use of the tablet and it had educational information on it and apps and videos, they didn't want the child to be on it all the time, right? This is one of the key things for young children. We know that they're spending a lot Mm -hmm. of time on the screen. So what would happen is the parent can set a timer yeah. that says you can only be on it for half an hour. But to do that, the child had to log in. Now, mm. you know, originally they were joining the docs and it's always an L or a U or a Z. But do you imagine if you could log in with well-known characters from mm. a brand like Disney or Pixar? You know, you could see that that would be great or any other children's brand so we are working with them to see if we the login where where the child logs in and it says, Okay, you've got a half an hour and then they have to log in on their own using the picture passwords for the characters they love. So that's very interesting I think also if you look towards the more the older children with online portals and uh, you know, obviously uh, online remote access teaching has moved up dramatically as schools especially in the UK not so much probably in, in Scandinavia but where schools have been closed yeah. or even supplementary work where you need to identify the individual pupil very particularly for safeguarding and also knowing that they're logging in you know all of those are driven by alphanumeric at the moment so you you want the child to know they're logging on to the correct portal. So again, we're working with some companies who are in that space pitching to online learning portals for remote learning.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, sounds like there's a great potential there in in educational services, especially in in children.
1: Yeah, but fundamentally, wherever there is alphanumeric, we could slot in very easily. And the other thing we can be is we can be the backup right? Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of challenger banks at the moment that are, you know, logging in with biometrics. is not quite sure how that's going to work with a face mask, but, you know, mm-hmm. we'll see the technology is moving on and, you know, we won't be living with face masks forever, hopefully, but it's a hindrance to doing things quickly. But there are some challenger banks, especially in Europe, that are just logging in with biometrics alone. And then if for some reason your camera starts working or your fingerprint reader doesn't work, something's gone wrong with your device. So these are the the downsides of biometrics, right? There's a Mm device-specific readers. If something happens, they need a backup. And invariably, their backup is a four-digit PIN Mm -hmm. number. So sort of need to be a little bit more robust than that. And again, we could be sitting there in the background as the backup login.
0: Right. One thing that came to my mind also, you mentioned resetting password in the traditional way, in the traditional passwords. How does that work in this picture or password? There is reset functionality. How does it work?
1: Yes, it's the same methodology. You know, often if you have password reset, it's sort of three strikes and you're out. It's the way that our software works is incorporated in the same way as you would with an alphanumeric, where you then get the, you know, you're delivered a keypad or you're sent to a click through. So it's the same logic from a sort of technical perspective of how you would ask someone to reset And at that time, you might ask them to do you want to choose a different keypad or whatever, depending again on the level of how the software has been incorporated on the portal. So no, you know, password reset is something that we all live with. I mean, we all know that uh, a number of people don't bother to remember their password because they always say I'm going to do password reset anyway. Mm. So the concept of password reset is not alien. We just follow the same protocol. But I think what's interesting, as we've shown, is password resets fall off when our solution is deployed.
0: So it happens much less often. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah.
1: And then sort of call centers saying where people don't remember my password, it does fall off.
0: Exactly.
1: I'm sorry, I can't really share the statistics from the bank, but it was a material monthly cost saving for them. Excellent. In terms of run rate of
0: expenditure. Sure. And just one more question I would like to ask also going for the guys who want to go want to know a bit deeper what is behind in the back end if you can give us briefly what is in the back end of this system.
1: Sure and this is where you know we have global patents around this solution. So one of them is obviously the delivery of the keypad what we call the one time keypad because although the images are the same they shuffle around so in our head we like to think it's a one time keypad because every time you Get the keypad delivered. It's in different, the images move around. And then we have a patent that's around this concept called triangulation, where what's interesting is our solution is called Safe Login and our server sits behind the corporate firewall. And the way it works is there is a set of pings between the individual logging in on the portal and the the corporate server so say it's the bank opening up the bank server and our safe login server and we push the pings from in a triangulated way and what's neat about our solution is that we don't know who the user is all we're doing is the request comes from the corporate server to deliver the one-time keypad so As I said, even if you had a man in the middle attack, they wouldn't be getting anything but a string of numbers. And those sort of effective coordinates are sort of matched behind the corporate firewall. And let's be briefly honest, if the corporate firewall is being breached, then, you know, things have gone horribly wrong. And logging into the bank server is the least of the problems in a way. So that's why it's so novel. Um, It's very light touch, very easy to deploy. And, you know, we could set up a test within a couple of days. And actually, one of the key challenges is people say, "Well, which image that should I use?" But we've got a lot of experience in that and helping corporates and brands work out, you know, the best sorts of images that work. Having done this for a while now, excellent. So obviously, you can find more on our website, tricerian dot com. Simple, and there are some videos there that you can see how it works.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have some watched some of these videos. That very, very, very. Well uh, well illustrated. So, yes, good. So, finally, we're reaching the end of this uh, nice interview with you. Could you finally give us a tip, a practical advice for anybody to protect their digital identity?
1: Sure. I mean, I, I in some ways, of would turn this on its head in a way. And, you know, why do you want to protect your digital identity? And I'm not talking about don't give all your secrets away on a social media platform. I'm talking about if you're doing a lot of things online. I would create a separate email address for all your online shopping because I think that that would be a one-step and, you know, could be Gmail, Outlook, anything. There are lots of free email services. Secondly, it's very easy to go online and say, well, actually, give me, make up a password for me. Uh, You can do that easily. And I'm afraid my idea is old school. Please use a different alphanumeric for every single website you log into and if you can't remember you're gonna have to go old school and don't save it on your phone don't save it on your pc or laptop save it in a little book and keep it somewhere safe and no one can find it of course you know i'd really hope that the need for all of that Mm. would uh, fall away dramatically when the world uh, you know, instigates neurographic passwords, but until then, you kind of have to go off-grid a little bit and sacrifice utility for safety.
0: Yeah, I think it's also it's always beneficial to have uh, some of this offline as well, well, well protected. Well, thanks a lot, for all these very interesting uh, things about neurographic. Passport's and the work that Tricerion is doing, that sounds very very innovative, very solid and fits very well many many use cases that we work in in data identity. Finally, could you tell us how people can either get in touch with you or find more information about Tricerion?
1: Yes, sure. If you go to our website, tricerion.com dot com. There's a contact form there and please do contact us. You know, happy to do trials with corporates that are interested. So yeah, that would be great. And having used these neurographic passwords myself for a long time, it's really easy.
0: Okay, well, fantastic. Sheherazad, it was great talking with you and all the best.
1: Thank you, Oscar. Really great speaking to you.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Let's Talk About Digital Identity, produced by Ubisecure. Stay up to date with episode at ubisecure.com podcast or join us on Twitter at Ubisecure and use the hashtag LTADI. Until next time.